This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Jesus, we worship you, we give you praise. Blessed be your name. Are you alive this morning? Somebody give God a loud praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> you see, we have very limited time, so you can have your seats. What we are doing, you remember the announcement I made last Sunday? That this is going to be a kind of family meeting. You come to church every Sunday, a pastor teaches, choir sing, and you don't have the opportunity of asking questions or making remarks. So, today being the last Sunday of the first half of the year, we will do another one in December. I said, let's dedicate today to what we call feedback. So, the way church is structured all around the world, feedback is not really possible every Sunday. But when Jesus was on earth, people used to stop him to ask him questions during the sermon. But if you stop pastors now, <laughs> we might get angry. <laughs> I said, but not me, sir. But people used to, you know, Jesus will be teaching and what they say, excuse me, what is this one? So sometimes it is good as a church, as one family under God, that it's not, uh, after many Sundays of teaching, praying, worshiping together, there should be a time when also you can all speak. The Bible said the righteous spoke one to another, Malachi 3 from 16. So there are times when we also have to talk. So today, if you have any question at all, any observation, it will be allowed. You can ask a question for one minute, 30 seconds, and I will take as many as we can take within this first service. So if today is your first time, it, it just, we will do, we do this just twice in a year. But we are going to, we get, so sometimes in preaching a message, uh, you don't give an opportunity to, to specifically tell you what is going on in their personal life or some clarifications that they need from a message. Oh, thank you. Before we go further, just lift up your hands and thank God for all those testimonies again. In the last four months, we've had streams of testimonies. We must never get used to them. We must always thank God and give Him praise. We must worship. Father, we thank you. You are good and your mercy endures forever and your faithfulness to all generations. We praise you for all the testimonies we have witnessed in this place. We honor you, Lord, for what you are doing our means. We appreciate you. We give you all the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, heart a pleasure in worshiping. Heart a pleasure in worshiping. Heart a pleasure. In worshiping you, Lord. As we began to pray this morning, the Lord stopped me and someone was leading prayer and he asked me to pray for all the leaders. I actually thought that would be for all the leaders only. Since mercy encountered you now, there is this weight of glory that I've been feeling. When the anointing is heavily present like that, whatever we say is a law. I speak to every brother the sound of my voice. 
your time of promotion is now. May the Lord lift you. Take you to the next phase of your life. Those who have been crawling, I am not even asking that you start walking. Start running. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you are already walking in any area of your life, begin to fly. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout a loud amen. amen. If I'm led to do any other thing, I will. But because I already said ahead of the service that this is what we're going to do. So, can they have all the mics? Or if you can find the around anybody, which if you have a question, can I raise And if you don't want us to know, it's you just ask for paper from the ushers. If you are ashamed of your question, <laughs> write it and pass it. You don't want people to know. You don't want to call attention to yourself. It's okay. Don't put your name. Just write. Ushers are with papers all around you. They are walking around. Just call on them. Uh, they won't bring your own only. Don't worry. They will bring many. So we'll know. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, and then, <laughs> but if you want to ask physically, you can raise your hand and. Lord, let everybody feeling any kind of infirmity be healed right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yesterday, during Mercy Encounter, he said he was healing somebody of Goita. On that pulpit, also, he also told me that there will be another person that will experience the healing of Goita also today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Whether you are here physically or you are watching, it's gone right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, there's somebody at the back there. There's other people. Let's, let's be very, 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 very fast. Sorry, I will give very short answers because we have to... Uh, I don't want to overuse time. Questions have well taking you, make stretching the service. Yes, ma? Straight to your point, ma, please. Good morning, Pastor. My Good morning, ma. Modupe or during the... Yes, ma'am. This is my first time of coming to this church. Yes, I was invited yesterday. Yes, ma'am. Since um, February. Yes, ma'am. I noticed this ailment concerning me. I've not been able to walk very well. I usually walk like two years old baby. Sometimes. You are not asking questions. You are talking about this from Come. I'll pray for you right away. You'll be healed right now. Let's take the mic to those who want to ask. I don't want to make this a healing service. I like going by the uh, purpose. Every service has purpose. You should have been around yesterday, but because this is your first time, please come. Huh? Jesus Christ is a great physician. And in his name, you are healed. Interestingly, I feel the power of God in my hand. Jesus, your name is power. Jesus, your name. Jesus, your name we bring. Every strong stand. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You foul spirit of infirmity. Get out of that right now. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you are made whole. Body be perfectly restored Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Satan, take your hands off uh, your time. Your spirit of infirmity of oppressing our body expires now. In Jesus' name. Right now, begin to recover and recover completely. I see something like, I feel something like heat coming out of your body. Whosoever the Son of God set free is free indeed. God bless you. Thank you. Rejoice as you go back to your seat. Something just left your body. Let okay, so um Come okay. on. let me let me say so I understand. Okay, please. Okay. Yes, good morning, sir. Pastor Shola. Good morning, sir. Um good morning everyone. My name is Uluashi Omusadiku. First of all, I want to thank you for all the teachings. It's been very, very impactful. We thank God. Um, so, my question is, so there was one of the services where you were talking about um, family and marriage. And you talked about the fact that um, you, you have never asked Pastor Abby how much she earned. And, all. and I feel like um, there's a narrative that personally, this is my opinion now, that shouldn't be pushed. Now, the Bible says that the man shall leave his wife, his family, and shall cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Yes, I feel like you said something that you said, okay, as a man, if you earn a certain amount, that you should plan around what you earn and not depend on what your wife has, yes. right? But I feel like this is my personal opinion, and I want you to clarify that, yes, that if you have a wife and two of you are well-to-do, two of you are one flesh, I feel... The point is there is a basket. Two of you are putting resources into the basket for the family. I feel it might be unfair if, I am, if a man is planning on his resources and the wife has the mentality of, it is my money, I'm just supposed to support you. Yes, that's the narrative, but the two of you are one. And I feel if you are planning, you should plan based on what both of you have. I feel what you are saying, which is very good and would have helped you, but I, I don't think that is the narrative that everybody should have. So that, because, you know, messages are so easy to misinterpret. I got your point. Yes, sir. So thank I, you. I want you to clarify. I got your point. Yes, sir. All right. Somebody actually, on that Sunday, as soon as I said, they always sent me a message from Germany. He said, Pastor, <laughs> this is serious. <laughs> and as I said, no, you should understand what I was saying. Remember in that message I said, a woman, a good woman will always be part of the budget of the family. I said what a man should not do is to demand. If your wife, you made a very powerful point. You already want flesh. There's no woman that knows her husband genuinely loves her, who earns money and will not be part of the budget of the house. There's no good woman that will do that. What I was trying to speak, which is good that you mentioned because it can easily be misunderstood truly. What I was saying is that a man shouldn't demand. Oh, yeah, go and bring your salary and all those things. No. So it's also wrong for a woman to what the guy do all things alone without being part of it. That is irresponsibility. But I can guarantee you that there's no woman that feels loved. Oh, we not. No woman who feels she's loved. There's not a single one that will not share the budget with the man. I, I don't know how much she hands. I don't, I've never asked her. I don't check. I, I've never in my life checked her account balance once. But there's no project I have done that she... Sometimes she gives more to a project than myself. She does that. 
So I'm just saying that what a man should not do is to want to control the wife's money. That's what, what I said. Because easily that will lead to a lot of things. So please, thank you so much. Thank you. Hallelujah. So all women, please help your husband. <laughs> Don't go and keep your money and say that. So, no, that's not what I'm saying. Thank God he brought it out, please. What we are saying is, together, it should be willingly. It should be willingly. The woman will feel so fulfilled if it's coming from her heart, contributing to what you are doing. She will feel cheated if you are controlling her resources. Did you get what I've just said now? So that's what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, good morning, church. Good morning. Yeah. Um, that was exactly what I wanted to ask. <laughs> so when he finished, you notice that men are the one asking this question. <laughs> okay. So, so um, actually, after last two weeks, um, Sunday or last week, a lady was asked, "How was the service?" The first thing she shouted was, "Women are receivers, men are givers." <laughs> you know. So that was why I was coming to get some clarification. I but thank God you've done it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> If you are a receiver, you should also be a giver. You know, the, the thing is that that's why, honestly speaking, thank God for the brother and the question here. See, this, the sincere truth is a message can easily be misunderstood. This is why I feel sorry when I see people dragging pastors. A message just 45 minutes. A pastor can talk in such a way that maybe he's teaching on healing, that might give an idea that it is wrong to take drugs. But that is not what he's saying. I don't know of any genuine minister that will say medicine is wrong. Because I will show you people in the Bible who took medicine. It's not wrong. But your faith can be to a level where you don't need medicine at all. But you see, in a teaching, it can sound like... So that is why this kind of question and answer is good. Because it, it lets a man now, he can now say that, okay, this is what I'm saying, this is, not, this is what I'm not saying. People drag ministers a lot based on what they have heard. And can I think is that don't judge anybody if you have not listened to the pastor at least five times. It is true. You saw the war people did to Apostle Man on the issue of your feet must touch her. How many of you saw that? Oh God. I felt it was terrible. My brother had to invite him to Abuja in his chat to clarify that also in a discussion. And what he said, he had told me before. And they were making like he said, this is this occultism. How can you say that if God will do great things in your life, your feet must touch uh, Lagos and Abiokuta, but uh, Lagos and Ogun states? He was just saying that. In every nation, there is a place that represents Christianity there. That is not by mistake that MFM, Redeem, Winners, they are all in Ogun states. And he said that the leading church in Nigeria, they are in Lagos. What Dr. Panama said before is that when God wants to promote, if you are from all those areas, somehow Dr. Panama's ministry went to another level when Lagosians, Lagos just started inviting him. The same thing, same man, when he started coming to Lagos, that's everybody started hearing about Apostle Man. So he was just saying that somehow as God begins to promote, he will make sure that you minister in Lagos and in Ogun State. He said somehow. He said because those people that when the missionaries came to Nigeria, the first place they went to was Abeokuta, that they are spiritual significant. That was what he was explaining, but in a center because and they cut that sentence out. And made it that this is what these guys are. And they were even one popular comedian lady. Went on Twitter and started saying, hey, one pastor saying now, who is this one? And when... Um, thank God students really they need to spare that one and they started talking and people started saying things so sometimes this kind of forum is good because we are able to clarify a few things now next ok good morning sir good morning it's been men since ok yes sir yes, uh, I want to get a clarification um, remove your mask so I can hear you better okay. yeah. 
Is midnight prayer more effective than the others? <laughs> Very powerful question. There's no, there's no scripture directly that says one time is more spiritual than. It, the only thing about midnight is it's not about the spirituality. It's about prayer has a lot to do with your attention. In the night, everybody's asleep and you are more... Uh, if there's any spirituality, we can attach to that. Forces of darkness move around more in the night. Because when men, when your flesh rests, spirits are more active. And so... But there's no scripture that says one hour is more spiritual than one particular hour. No. So, people like midnight prayer. The only thing is that midnight gives you an opportunity away from distractions. Nobody's calling you in the night. Like when I pray in the night, now nobody calls. People call me every now and then. So when I want to pray in the day, I take my phone, I drop, put it on silent, and drop it somewhere. If you are here, many of the staff will tell you many times I walk around during the day, I pray outside. I can stay there at the back of the church for two hours during the day. But in the night, I don't need to do that because I drop my phone in my office. That I walk away from the phone just to pray. At times, I put it on silence and I pray. But midnight, you are all alone by yourself. So that quietness that gives you can just be an advantage. But other than that, there's no... So, if you study the Bible, people pray during the day. When it says someone stands still, the sun stood still, it was during the day. And that, is, that was more powerful than any other prayer that people are praying. I mean, if you can command... Actually, what happened was not... The sun did not stand, the earth stood still. Because the sun doesn't move. It's the earth that rotates around the sun. Okay. All right. Africa makes it look like midnight is stronger. <laughs> Let me. Okay. Good morning, sir. I'm a spiritual leader with influence among the youth, but I find it difficult to choose a lady to marry because of my position. I don't want to lose my honor. Please, sir, how can I go about it? Well, yes. Important, observe, important question. One of the things you can do, you can make up your mind uh, not to marry any of the people you are leading. Because you have to prepare that no even if a woman, when she sees you, she's working on her head out of honor. She honors you so much. The day you marry and she comes to your house and she becomes your wife, everything has changed. She will still honor and respect you, but beyond that, she wants a friend. And I've discovered that some pastors don't like this. If you are a pastor, you are not a pastor at home. In a sense, you are a pastor at home. You are still a leader. But also, you are a father, you are a husband, you are a friend. And somehow, you don't bring that spiritual stuff into the house. So you need to convince your wife, logically, about what you are doing and not chance her. Say, I'm a pastor, so you listen to what I'm saying. This is what God is saying. God said, you should wake up five minutes. <laughs> so, if you want to, you can marry outside your fold. But there's nothing wrong in marrying any of the people. One day, shall you will marry somebody. So, it can be one of the people there, so it doesn't matter. I know it's like, really, if uh, they see you as the one teaching them. But I don't know who has this, but I can tell you the truth. One of these ladies around you, one of them is already expecting you to talk. I am telling you by word of knowledge that right now that so it's not a it's not a new thing. So that's what I'm saying. So it can be like that. I know a pastor who actually started pastoring a very large church also before he got married and all all the sisters and he said 
I told P. Josh one day, so he started laughing. That's uh, I don't want to mention his name anyway. <laughs> As he said that, God was telling him that it's time to get married. But what is serious about it? <laughs> Until the day he had a vision. In the vision, he was getting married to three women at the same time. <laughs> when he woke up, he said, Oh God, save me. <laughs> so God told him that, he said, You have too many women around you. Many of them are anticipating that one day you ask one of them a place and eventually chose his PA then. And they got married. They were in now you were in first in school, very strong willingness background, so eventually you had to, so it can be. So that's what I would say to that, sir. Why do people feel guilty after asking God for forgiveness? I'm going to teach on that very soon. When you ask God for forgiveness, it is over on the side of God. He has already forgiven you. He forgives straight away. But the problem is that you have what is called conscience. It has ability to retain and play videos of what you have done. Your understanding of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ will influence how at first you are able to be convinced that you are forgiven. It is true. Sometimes your heart will make you look at the size of the offense, whereas there is none that will not, has not been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So, I would say that if anybody is suffering from this, it needs a teaching that will let you know that God is just and faithful. He says if you confess your sin, he surely is just to forgive. He means what he says and he says what he means at any point in time. So that is what we need to know. Amen. Next. Who is raising his hand again? Um, okay. Please. Someone is there. Hallelujah. Good morning, Pastor. There's something I want to say. I hope I will not forget. Yes, ma'am. Good morning, ma'am. All right. I recently just joined the church, but yes, I have a question right now. Yes, ma'am. All right. So, I've been... Like the I question is very deep. The way you... Oh, yes. It's a little, <laughs> just a little. Yes, ma'am. Apparently, I've been... I grew up in church and things like that, so... Yes, but I realized that going, growing up in church, they hardly teach about grief. Grief. About grief. Grief, okay. All right, so I recently lost my dad, and okay. it's been so hard to move on. Now, my dad was sick, at, at least he had stroke for nine years plus, but at the time he died this year, early this year, we were not prepared, and there was nobody to hold our hands through it. And you know, since then, my siblings and I have been struggling to keep up with church. And you know, so people tell you that, yes, uh, sorry. You know, they tell you that that is aged, so just let him go, you know, things like that. But even as I'm talking right now, I miss my dad. I but I don't know how to move on, and I don't know how to stay in, the, in church, and also how to stay in the place of prayer, and at the same time not to offend God in quotes. Yes, ma'am. I understand you, man. One of the reasons why the Holy Ghost is called the Comforter is not only, it doesn't deal in power only another, it's also called the Comforter because it comforts. Yes, I, I will try and stand between two poles. Here, over the years, so it is true that church folks will be quick to tell you that don't cry, it's in a better place, and all those things. And sometimes those words can help some people, but they don't help some other people. Uh, no matter how much tells people that I say that is in better place, they know, but it doesn't change the fact that we are not seeing him here again, and that we are missing him. Now that is the reason why in Romans chapter twelve that the Bible says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep." That clearly says that God is not against mourning. John eleven, 
the shortest verse in the Bible, verse 35. Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus and Jesus wept. Even though he was going to do something about the situation, but momentarily, when he first got there, he wept because he saw everybody crying and he too cried. So, mourning uh, is not wrong. However, if we go by 1 Thessalonians, if you go to chapter 4 and chapter 5, Paul started talking about exactly what to raise. That concerning those who have fallen asleep, let us not sorrow as others who have no hope. In other words, a Christian can mourn on one side. But on the other side, the Bible warns that don't let your mourning go like that of others who have no hope. So in other words, there are some people when they die, that is the end. Eternal damnation. But when a Christian dies, we are going to reunite again soon and very soon. And if we are aware of that reunion, it should do something to us that even though we are sad that we have lost somebody, we don't take it too far. And one of the things we don't do is to begin to stay away from God because we have lost somebody. No. You understand what I'm saying? The pain is there. God is not against the pain. God is not against you crying. As a matter of fact, God says other Christians should even cry with you. But when we finish crying, we should recognize that it is true that soon and very soon we shall see again. We have not lost the person forever. So if I'm truly persuaded that I'm going to see my dad again, then it will reduce the kind of pain that I will bear for missing him right now. You, 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 you don't get what I've just said. So that is, that is what I will say to that. Amen. Hallelujah. I know many times people don't feel what you feel. So I feel you <laughs> that don't cry. You see, don't cry. But somehow, it can really have a devastating effect on some people. Maybe, maybe I share this to all Some people in some cases, when you go to people who are money, don't say anything. Just pray for them. Sit down with them. Help them do things. Go back home and pray. The only thing that can help some people is when intercession is offered for them. All this, say, why are you crying again, might not really, really help. But as believers, we should always hold on to the fact that our own case is different and there is hope. There is going to be what is called resurrection and we shall see again. I've lost one or two friends and I know I shall see them again. So that is the guarantee. Amen. Praise the Lord. The sister beside you. But if you want us to talk, my own mind, I can see that the pain is still, you still feel it. I understand. Tell your siblings also, they should... Um, Good morning, sir. They should move. They, they, they should find their comfort in the Holy Ghost. It will comfort all of you. And I pray that prayer for you. Yes, ma'am. Good morning, sir. I want to ask about some of the gifts of the Spirit of God that's operational in a Christian. Yes, and understand that some of these gifts, you could have all of the gifts of the Spirit, but it could be dormant probably if it's not being put to use. And uh, yesterday I was listening to one of the messages from about Joshua Selman about the journey so far where he was narrating his experiences, how he used to seclude himself even as a child. And then I, had to, I got to realize that some people have all of these gifts even before they, they, they grew up to get born again, in quotes. So now this gift 
in his words, he didn't know he had certain things because he didn't have someone to put him through. And now some of these gifts, some persons have spoken to some people who have prophetic gifts and they, they just don't know because they don't have people to put them through. And sometimes it goes dormant. That's one. I don't know how to explain it properly, but that's one. But secondly, there's this misconception between working of miracles and the gifts of healing. Someone once told me that, for instance, there's an amputated leg and working of miracles is it makes the leg grow back and that's the gift of healing. So I'm, I'm trying to okay. get these things right. Thank Amen. you. Let me, let me start with the first one. Even though, this might be the last question, I, I'm, I'm going to say that um, it will take me a long time if I really want to go deep into what you have just said now. But I want to say that Bible should guide us. First Corinthians chapter 12 is what talks about the gift of the Spirit. And the Bible lists five, nine gifts there. It doesn't say there are nine gifts of the Spirit and outside nine gifts, no other gifts. But the Bible says that there are manifestations of the Spirit and they are classified broadly, broadly into nine. So you have the word of knowledge, you have the word of wisdom, you have the gift of faith, you have the design of spirits, you have the gift of healing, you have workings of miracles, you have prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Nine gifts listed. When it comes to people having gift from little age, somebody might not be born again, God can reveal something to the person out of his sovereignty. But the danger with that is that Satan can also reveal things to people. Even when you are born again, gifts are not limited to God. The broad class or the, the shortest definition, one of the things you can say about the gift is that it enables you to do what natural person cannot do or to see what natural person cannot see. But that is not limited to God. Witches can see what a natural person cannot see. Native daughters can. As a matter of fact, that's why I'm beginning this way. I hope somebody is watching my people are listening. If you are here, interestingly, that was, remember I said before that I said that you should remind me that I was going to say something. I was praying and the Lord told me to address this. And I want to say this to people. Somebody might be watching who needs this. Or you might be here. If anybody begins to pray for you and they demand that bring this, bring that. Once something is added to the name of Jesus, it has become occultism. And you will bring your life into bondage when you do that. Because of Africa, people get carried away with what they call dreams and all those things. Somebody walks up to them and he says, I have dreamt of this. A good example in our chapter 16. A girl that was operating sorcery spirits. She was following Paul and Silas. And he said, these are servants of God who have come to show us the way of truth. Our information was accurate. Our information was edifying. Truly they were come to show them the way of truth. But our source was demonic. Nigeria is getting to a place where people can differentiate between I don't want to go into a recent day, but it is obvious right now in Nigeria that so many Christians are blind. It is sad. Once somebody wears suit, it demonstrates supernatural and it gives a lot to charity. It's a man of God. People don't know about sources again. But that's not even my concern. What bothers me is the number of Christians who live by a prophet walk up to me 
and told me, this one and that one. I sat down with a lady. She will go to pray, do deliverance for somebody in Norway, in Niger Delta. And I said that, but you have a husband. You will leave the man and travel in company of some other men up and down. Say, you're about to destroy a man. Say, yes, my husband complains at times. But this is what God told me. So I said, God does not pray like that. Few months after the marriage was over, and she will believe that the devil is against her. It's not the devil. You understand what I'm saying? There are things people do. I thought on voice on Wednesday. Please, everybody, get the message on Wednesday. There are things people do. So there are voices, and the voice of God is not the only voice. So when people at a young age begin to see visions and other things, it can be a trap at times. Because the gift of the Spirit are exclusively for those who are born again. God might have been pulling you to himself before you have met him. Apostle Man's Spirit, the person you mentioned, I don't like going by name because we don't use people. But some of the people are Christians who, before they made a conscious effort to come to Jesus, might have had Christian parents who have been schooling them, like in his own case, actually, his parents, they've been ugly camp people, schooling, schooling them in things of the Spirit. So in that kind of atmosphere, the Lord can reveal a few things to you. A child can be born by a pagan family. A few times God can reveal and Satan can reveal. But it is better for a Christian to stay within Bible, the confines of the Bible when it comes to the gift of the Spirit. So, uh, dormant gifts or active gifts. All I can say to a believer is that the more you spend time praying and fellowship with God, the more there will be manifestation. You should not be bothered about which gift is this, which one am I operating at. Just yield to the Holy Spirit and let him use you. As a matter of fact, the more you yield, the more you seem to operate the gift more. However, the final thing that can affect the gift also is offices, which is listed in Ephesians 5. There are fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. If you are called to be a prophet, now, prophesying is not equal to the fact that you are a prophet. I, I don't want to. <laughs> this is my humble statement. They are intertwined and they are very deep. For instance, 1 Corinthians 14 teaches very clearly that he that prophesies only does three things. He speaks to edification, comfort, and exhortation. If I come to you and I say, tomorrow they will promote you at work, Africans will call that prophecy. That's not prophecy, that's word of knowledge or word of wisdom. Prophecy only does three things in New Testament. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Those are the three things. 1 Corinthians 14. Anything beyond that is no more prophecy. It can be another gift. And it's better. We, we will do a whole lot of teaching on this. And, but let's just answer the question about dormant gift. The fact that, yes, you have the Holy Ghost inside you. It distributes the gift as it wills. 1 Corinthians 12. So the more you yield to the Holy Spirit, the more. So if there is somebody, something is wrong with the person and they can't see it physically, the Spirit can reveal it to you. That can be equal to word of knowledge. Word of knowledge that regard deals more with past things. When Lord shows you something, when Samuel told Saul that the asses you are looking for, they have been found. I think for Samuel now 10. That was word of knowledge. When he told him that you are going to become a king, that was word of wisdom. When Jesus said in Matthew 24, there will not be any stone that will not be thrown down. That was word of knowledge. Prophetic future declaration. But if you are called to the office of a prophet, the gifts, so those nine gifts are divided into three categories. Some of them, they see. Some of them, they say. Some of them, they do. 
So, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of the Spirit, you see. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy, you speak. They are spoken out. Gift of faith, gift of healings, and workings of miracles, they do. Now, gift of faith, workings of miracle, by definition. Can I go on? Yes, sir. This is like an advanced class. <laughs> workings of miracle is any time an object is involved. God told Moses, cut this tree and throw it inside the bitter water of mirror and the water became sweet. That was working of miracle. But any miracle that is affected by just spoken words, sun stands still and the sun stood. That was gift of faith. Did you get it? Working some miracle will involve walking. That word walking. Somebody does something. So he cut the tree. He threw it inside and it became. So when Jesus said, Go and see to a blind man, that was gift of faith. When he mixed clay and he put it in the man's eyes, that was what? Because a work was involved. Let's stop there. Are you getting me? Okay. So, um, I think I've answered the second question that way about what a gift of faith and working on miracle. Okay. So, uh, so I would say that healing that is working with miracle might involve a touch or some kind of work and healing that is ordinary gift of healing might just be by word of faith or by laying on hands. That's all. Last question. Time is of just take list. Is a woman bound to attend the same church as her husband even if he's not interested in being a church being a church goer or hardly attends church? Uh, you should go to church if he's not going to church. <laughs> but he must allow you. You must pray about it and Otherwise, see, a man has authority, yes, but if it's overextended, if a woman is to obey the husband at all costs, then when your husband tells you to go and shoot somebody, you should do it. But you know, you go to jail and it will be after you marry another wife. So it cannot be a broad, you, you understand, you are supposed to obey your husband, but it cannot be an open ended uh, stuff. No. That's the same, the Bible says, children obey your parents in the Lord. See, the Bible is very wise because some parents will make some demands that are unreasonable. I know a father that told his son to steal money in the office to build him a house. And the boys say, that if he catches me, they would be, so you will be enjoying the house. Now I will be in jail. That's the Bible puts, that means you must obey your parents as long as what they tell you is consistent with the principles of the Lord. We are parents now who just hate people from other tribes. And you know, hate is not of God. They believe that all Libos are devils, all Libos, all Yerubas are this, all Abusas are this. So when you say you want to marry outside your tribe, they raise a red flag and they say, boy, you know, they are saying it out of the hatred that is in their heart and the Spirit of God cannot put hate in you or hatred in you. You can't be. So that's what the Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. The same thing, a church member obeys a pastor, you know, but not when he tells you to do something that contradicts the word of God. So it is terrible for a lady to allow a pastor to sleep with her in the name of we are obeying God. Or he tells her to do something against the world. Or he tells you to marry someone you don't want to marry. Now that is witchcraft. It's coming to an arena of your life. Witchcraft in the New Testament is not when you cast things down. It is manipulation and control. So a father can practice witchcraft on children. Husband can practice on the wife. And then a pastor can price on the congregation. When you want to emotionally manipulate them, and then you quote scripture as your pastor, you should honor your pastor, but not in some conditions. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? This is very, very important. So there is no authority that is not within a particular premises. Otherwise, it will be a dangerous authority. It has to be. What should a wife do if her husband doesn't respect his father-in-law, but demands respect from her? You should respect your husband. You see, what we don't do as Christians is to say, because you don't respect my father, I'm going to disrespect you also. Two wrongs can't make a right. A believer is a believer regardless of what the other person is doing. It is one major reason why, marriage, why issues in marriage are never resolved. You are waiting for the other person. It's because the love of Christ has not conquered you. When you are conquered by love, you don't wait for the other person to change. You change. You do what you are supposed to do. Jesus wants me to love you and I love you. I love you by force. <laughs> no matter what you think. Even if you don't want me to love you, I love you. I still love you. So you do your part. You must not. I will never accept a man. I have, there was a time and many, many years ago when a woman told me that she used to beat her husband. <laughs> Honestly, when they tell you that, you know, in your heart, you try to calibrate your brain that, is it that you are bigger? <laughs> your mind will play away for a while. Huh? Look at what she, she said it. And, and the man used to run away from her. Later, most women who do that, you need to drive away spirit from them. Many of you don't know what demons are. A lady came to see me. Her younger brother used to beat the father and the mother, all of them together. The boy was just like this. But something will come upon him. He could fling six men. And I told the Amon, you better bring him for deliverance. Because we are going to send Jesus on that spirit to live and it will live. Or let him begin to pray by himself and command that thing to go. And he used to go to church. And his office, they made the report, they said something about him. He never, in four years, fought anybody outside the house. But he was constantly beating up the father and the mother. He would tie them down. One time he took stick and he broke the father's two legs. And you know the funny thing? They grew up abroad and was doing that. That is a spirit that has come to torment that family. His colleague said that he has never raised his voice in the office in years against anybody. He was anointed by the devil to torment the family. And anointing have limitations. or They are always specific. <laughs> so the mission was against the family. So the anointing wouldn't work elsewhere. You know, people go through things. And every attempt to try to reach out to the mom she came to my office once. She looked down on me. Said I was young. The church was using Beatry. They looked out and said, is this church Itri? There is a church on the mountain where they do deliverance that they were going to. To her, that's the holy church. I was escorting her. I was turning back. She was telling her son. She didn't me in church. She said, you was church in Ori. And said all sorts. What was, what did she come to do? The daughter that spoke to me about the situation was coming to her church. She came to tell me that she would disown now from if she, should, if she would not stop coming to her church. I said, Mommy, what did she do? She said, because in your church you wear trousers. That's the only problem. And this lady told me, one day, the man in the name of Cardinal Spirit from her tied that to a tree, naked. That's a church. 
the only one, the only one in the family that went to university, I think she finished with 2-1, that graduated. The brother left school, the firstborn, and took over the house and sold part of the parents' property. Without them, they were abroad. They came by the family and sold the property. They renovated the girl. They were changing the parents' pe- uh, 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 master bedroom. The mom came. She only had to sleep at the sitting room. He had been there and the, 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 the girl were living there. But they were going to that church on the mountain. She was okay. The problem with us was, yes, my daughter is not a graduate. Yes, she's the only one without any issue. She's serving now. She's not pregnant, no premature. The last born ran away from the house because of the problem in the house. When people are blind, see, let me say this, and I want to say without apology. Some of these men who give things to people, soap and all those things, that is the beginning of hypnotism. They are not only deceiving you, they hypnotize you. You are, in that, you are under a spell. You will lose all your money without knowing. And now go and write on Facebook, a choice I collect people's money. Which church are not sent to there? I cannot tell you how many people have met me and what they've been to. A lady called me one day in church and she was telling me, the sister met somebody in Portaqua and they said that, ah, tell your younger sister to send 30k, we are going somewhere to pray, there are accidents. I said, if you listen, then you will have accident truly. They are not telling you what will happen. They are speaking into your life. Once you yield, that thing will happen. If you don't reject and say, will you shut up there, I will not have any accidents. Once you don't reject it, then you will have an accident, then you will go back to them. And from that, the transaction starts and it continues. Whatever they tell you will happen, will happen. I hope somebody is watching me who will be free from all these things. Why are people living in fear? Ah, they say we should come and pray. So you run there. And then the guy is bringing out white towel, bringing out soap, bringing out things. What you have never found in the Bible, and you are there. In the name of deliverance, they should pray for you. Which kind of prayer? You have never answered. Those of us don't use anything. Why? How come we are okay? How many people are in Anglican? Nothing. I mean, don't. It's, it's amazing. Somebody knocks your car and he gives a prophecy because it sounds accurate. And so what? Somebody told me one day. I came to Lagos. Church was about to start. I said, I see that you are going to pastor a church. It will be a large church. I said, I know. Any problem? It shocked him. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's so. Any, any, any problem? You don't know. People can see. My final year, I did a project on Olumorok. I wrote on the history of Olumor and everything. Part of one of the courses I did in my school. So, it had to do with ancient stuff. So, to do it, I must say, they say, I must go to Oluma to inquire the foremost person there in charge of all the idols in that place. I must be the one telling and I must record it. My professor told me that you must come with, and he said, if you get, because some of my colleagues, they were, some of them went to Dory Hills. This one, they will get a young man, talk like an old man. Okay, Dory. But see, my professor said that I will catch you. He said, they say, you can't play. And I said, I'm going to catch you. So, my, so I had to go. So I went to Abbeuta and I went to Lumo. When I got there, the woman put like 16 goddess on the floor. It was a woman. White. When I came, there were about, ah, many people don't know the level. That's why I, I, I feel sorry for men. Who carry girls? Beautiful girls. Nothing except white rapper. You could see the under everything. Just white wrapper with red stuff on their palms and on their feet. They came out and they were clapping as we were all coming. You are welcome. Olumonke, you are welcome. They were looking for spiritual power. Some of them, man will sleep with them once. His life will never set to again. He won't go back to his wife. I heard the woman say on Facebook that if a man sleeps with me, that's the end of his marriage. So, and... <laughs> 
I looked at those girls. I was in front of them. I said, these are beautiful. What are they doing here? Corporate girls. You see, you know what people do behind the scene. Don't be serious with your Christianity. Let someone tell you that Titus or this one. You, but you don't know where they are going. Say, ah. So, I greeted them. So, I went to see the woman. He said, he said, you want to? I said, so, I step into those gods that, like that, and I sat down with her. She saw my audacity. But she told me, okay, you have to say, I know your professor will use this thing in museums. So, you have to pay. I said, payment is not a problem. I, I'm asking for your service, so I will pay. So, she began to tell me the story of Olumo. With white and red stuff all over. The woman I said was a very picture of <laughs> not a witch, witchcraft itself. I said, I see, and she was telling me, and she told me the story, and now I, I said, Mommy, just wait. So I, I played, so I recorded everything. She told me the story from the beginning how the white Aoluma saved the egg when they came to attack them, and blah, 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 told me. And then I said, So how do you worship the rush? She told me the story. She just fixed her eyes on me like this. I didn't sound like a Christian. If I to get her to talk, I stand as if I believe a little about her. She looked at me straight like this and said, I see you building a very big church very soon. I did as if I did here. She said it again. He said, Oh, my call church, yo. Church here, my Toby. He said, Mori, 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 Mori. Of course, I didn't pay attention to her. But I knew she saw something. In other words, Satan can see. That shouldn't move a Christian. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God is not the only one that is spiritual. Satan too is spiritual. That's why you don't see him physically. He's spiritual. He's a spirit. Let's stop here. Shall we rise? Is someone blessed this morning? Oh, Father, we lift up hands and just give him praise. For two minutes, I want everybody to pray about July. On, on Wednesday, we are going to pray here for the month of July. On Wednesday, we are going to pray for the month of July. Wednesday is the last day of the month of June. But I want us to begin the prayer today. Second half of the year, you will ride on eagle's wings. In two minutes, pray, everybody, pray. Pray. Jesus said, Satan, he said, Peter, Satan desired to, I said, but I have prayed for you. Pray ahead of time. Pray for the second half of the year. Any good promise that didn't get fulfilled this first half, they will happen second half of the year. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Huh. Mr. Tanku, please come, sir. Mr. Tanku, come, sir. Jesus, I ask for your healing power. 
you are the great physician in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth be perfectly made whole right now completely spirit soul and body you will live to declare the works of God and you will experience liftings health is restored to every part of your body by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus name Father we thank you we honor you we bless your name I don't know why I'm just being put to us we should all come and pray on Wednesday if you are the type that you don't come on Wednesday don't miss this Wednesday we will worship a little and just spend at least 30 minutes praying we just pray you will not be a victim of whatever will happen in the nation and no matter what you keep rising your light will shine in this nation in the name of Jesus Christ Oh, thank you, Father. We give you praise. We honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give our friend this morning. In of the young, Jesus, Malakusia Mandalabaram, Baliama Sandelevo Poria Mandalabaram, Leara Casele Mandelimo, Haramashandala Vapuria Mandala, Yeteke Balacasia Mandelebara, Ricomo Sendele Maramandaya, Ele Marica la Mashandelebara, Yema la Maya Marike Selemandalabo. Thank you, Jesus. We don't want this to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You know, um, after listening to God's word like this and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's an opportunity to come to him and it's a simple process because he has made all things available. I want to employ you now to give your heart to Christ. And by saying these words, because giving your heart to Christ must be done consciously. He has paid the price. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus I come to you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. I believe that you shed your blood for my justification. I accept your finished work right now and I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have said those words, you are actually born again, a new creation in Christ. Join us for more of this. God bless you.